Our older son, Ben, uh, just went to a wedding in St. Paul, Minnesota, and he was reminding me, after he got home, that this is where Charles Schultz, the creator of the Peanuts comic strip, grew up. I loved reading the Peanuts comic strip. One of the ones I especially liked, one of my favorites, is one where Linus and Charlie Brown are talking with each other. And Linus is asking Charlie, Charlie, what type of person are you? Are you the type of person who, if they were on a ship, would set up their deck chair on the bow so you could look out and see where you were going? Or, Charlie, are you the type of person who would set up your deck chair on the stern of the ship so that you could look out the back and see where you have been? Charlie, what type of person are you? Charlie Brown thinks for a while and says, I'm the type of person who wouldn't even be able to figure out how to unfold and set up the deck chair <laughs> in the first place. I love Charlie Brown because I kind of know and can relate to what he says and know how he feels. And it sounds like some of you uh, can as well. He's just not sure where he fits in this life. You'd probably like to be either a sit-on-the-bow, forward-looking type of person or sit-on-the-stern, backward-looking type of person, but he just can't seem to be either, which maybe isn't such a bad thing in life. You see, so often, it seems to me, we let ourselves be divided into one type of person or another type of person. In fact, we might even yearn for it in our lives. A long time ago, it was Aristotle, I think, who coined the phrase, birds of a feather flock together. And that seems to be still the case today in our society and in our world. People of the same class, people of the same race, people of the same nation, people of the same economic status, people with the same views, unite with those who are like them. People who are different than us are unsettling to us. But the Christian community calls us to a higher standard. The type of standard that Paul talks about in his letter to the Philippians, and in actually most of his other letters as well, a call for Christian community for us to lead a life worthy of our calling. To not just be satisfied with homogeneous sameness and the safety and the comfort that goes along with that, but to celebrate the diversity the world has to offer to us and to feel the unity of the Spirit that binds us all together, a sameness of the Spirit, despite whatever differences might appear on the surface, despite how different we might appear to each other. In other words, what's important is not what type of person you are, 
Whether people who want to sit on the bow or people who want to sit on the stern or like Charlie Brown who have a hard time doing either, fitting into any category at all. What's important is that we're on the ship, that we're sailing together, that we recognize this unifying call that we have which rings down through the ages as clearly as ever, even as it's still the case that many find it a struggle to hear that call. The motto of all conquerors, it seems like, through history has been divide and conquer. And that motto, it seems to me, lives on today. Maybe in different sort of ways, but there are forces alive around us. That their fo focus is to divide. And when we let that happen, we conquer ourselves. Look at the struggles that exist in our world in geopolitical terms today. We pray for peace between so many divided people across the world and close to home. People divided and hateful because of what type of person they are, based on where they live or what they believe. But this issue is not just, you know, on a world scale or on a national scale. This is an issue that faces people in towns and in churches and in our own, own homes. Families become divided. And when that happens, we are conquered spiritually, you might say. Paul lays it out in this passage from the Philippians. He talks about joy. How do we gain complete joy? And that sense of complete joy comes when we see how we are united, not divided. Now, someone a while ago, some politician used to say that. It kind of bothered me at that time, but I, I mean it today. We need to be united in what we're about. Paul talks about how careful we need to be not to do things from selfish ambition or conceit. How we're supposed to let each of us look not to our own interests, but to the interests of others. That is a really interesting easy thing to write down. It's not an easy thing to live out. All for one and one for all, no matter what other difference we might have with each other. How do we figure out we're all in the same boat? You know, I remember when I was a little child, my younger brother John and I, when we were like five or six, we would cry out, all for one and one for all, and we would run into some imaginary pretend battle that we were about to face. Maybe some of you can remember times in your childhood that rallying cry. It's kind of silly. But I almost wish that as we race into every day, if we could have within us that mantra, if we said those words, all for one and one for all, how would it change our mindset? How would it change our heart set? 
If in all you did, in every way you saw others, in all your observations, you really believed that. You owned what that meant. Not in the pretend battles of life as a child, but in your journey today. We're all God's people. I do not believe that our faith, that Jesus came to divide people. But instead to help us learn to accept others as we are accepted. Yet too often in our world today, Christ is almost used by a tool of people who are trying to divide, almost like a pry bar, in a sense, to separate us, to pull us apart from each other. A tool for division rather than unity. The psalmist reminds us, as Lynette read from earlier, that God's eyes are watching, that God's ears are open to the righteous. We hear that word sometimes makes us cringe because it has been co-opted in our vocabulary today. When we hear that righteous here and everywhere in our scriptures does not mean holier than thou. It does not mean religious snobbery. It does not mean I'm right and you're wrong. It's not that type of attitude that becomes so much of a has become so much of a stereotype for our time. Righteousness, more appropriately in the scriptures, wherever it appears, righteousness is understood to mean being in right relationship with God. Being in right relationship with the Creator. And to be in the right, right relationship with the Creator, we need to figure out what it means to be in the right relationship with creation, with all of creation. God, I do believe, hears our cries when we cry out trying to understand, trying to discern how we're supposed to live together on this planet that God has given us. We're all part of this beautiful and diverse and yet somehow unified creation that God has given us. And this idea, I should say, extends beyond our call for unity in just our human relationships. It also extends to our intimate relationship with all of creation, our sense of connection with the environment, what is our responsibility as a part of creation, not as just being on the top of the food chain, but being part of a creation that God calls good. How do we bring goodness to the relationships of our lives? How do we bring goodness to our relationship with all of creation, to the environment that we live in? We're united together through the hands of God that created us as one family. Yes, we have our unique histories. Yes, we have our unique upbringings, our unique qualities, even on the outward surface, our unique identities. But we are connected, as Paul writes, with a sameness that lives within us, with a light that shines within us, with what it means to be a child of God no matter who we are, Sometimes it's hard to recognize that spirit within us. Sometimes, like Charlie Brown, it's hard to know how we're connected. 
but have faith, have trust that there is a oneness in God that connects you. Instead of everyone for themselves, all for one and one for all. You know, when fear or discomfort threatens or a lack of understanding threatens to make you, when you're in connection with another, only recognize the difference in that person from you, I want you to cry out. Not really on the outside. That probably would scare the person. But I want you to cry out on the inside, all for one and one for all. What does God want us to live out with that in our minds? At those times when it's not maybe feeling natural, you might even say, to connect with people because they seem different from us. Cry out. And God will hear your cries. Enter into that journey of understanding not only about who that other person is, but who you are as a child of God and what it means to be who you are as a child of God. What it means to enter into journey with people, not only within this church, not only within the Christian faith, not only within the city of Cambridge and the academic, you can have whatever adjectives you want to have for whatever community you want to be in, but how do you relate as a child of God with that other child of God who does not fit into whatever category you place yourself in? How do you find oneness? Where do you find that connection? So as we look to the future in a country with various political views, in a country with all sorts of diversity, in a city with all sorts of diversity, in a church with all sorts of diversity, in maybe your home with all sorts of different thoughts, how do you take on the journey? Thinking about the other, not just yourself. How you fit. Not how oftentimes we think about that when we think about it in our society today. How do I fit in the world? It's how do we fit in relationship with others? At those times, cry out, all for one and one for all. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the connectedness we have with one another. Help us to look deep within ourselves before we need to look deep within another. To feel the spirit beating in our hearts, alive in our breath, in the very blood that flows within us. Help us to see and to know that's that same spirit that beats in the heart of another that is alive in their breath, that pumps life through them. We pray these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen.